Hello and welcome to the Holly Doss Show. This is your host, Holly Doss. I'm actually on a mission to help as many of you as possible get in touch with your higher selves, break free from ego identities, raise your frequencies, and become the best version of yourself. So let's get started. Hello, friends. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am so excited about this episode because I am going completely off topic from mindset work to something that is very personal for me. And I hope that by the end of the episode that you will be inspired. And if you are in the same position as I am or have felt a calling to do what I'm going to talk about, that you will be able to make an educated decision as to whether or not it's actually for you or not. But let me start by giving you a little bit of a backstory. My husband and I are in the process of finalizing our twins' adoption, and they are three and a half years old. They have been with us most of their life and all of their foster care life. So you can imagine this has been a very long case. This has been an emotional roller coaster, but it has been a very rewarding journey and a very inspiring one to most people who are on our case. So I haven't been very vocal about this to even my inner circle because foster care is very private. There's a lot of privacy issues. There's a lot of security issues. And so you kind of have to understand that there's not a whole lot I've been able to say thus far. But I have developed a wonderful relationship with their biological mother, and we chose from the very beginning to work together instead of against each other. And that's very rare. It is very rare that the bios and the fosters actually get along. And I think I was so used to being close to her that it caught me off guard a little when I posted a picture of us together with the twins this past weekend. I posted this picture of the twins and the biological mom and me the four of us at the park. And here's the caption that I wrote underneath it. The earthly cards were stacked against our friendship from day one, the moms on opposite sides of a broken system. But neither one of us chose to live that frequency. We recognized that we had met long before this life and had purposes to fulfill together. Here we are, many fears, tears, and years later, and we have become so, so close that it is already impacting the babies in such a healing way. So here's what I want you, who may also have this calling, to know, is that callings are not supposed to be easy. Go anyway. Your soul's biggest life lessons will follow, and the experience will be full of challenges, but God will sustain you. And if you play big enough and leave your ego behind, you will grow in ways you couldn't have imagined. And that was the end of the caption. But about five minutes later, after I posted it, 
I started getting bombarded with text and phone calls and emails and direct messages from friends who I haven't talked to in a really long time and even a couple of extended family members who all wanted to know the same thing. What led you to adopt? Um, how did you build this relationship with the, with the biological mom? Were you afraid? Um, you know, where do we start? What if it's not the right timing? What if my spouse is not on the same page as me? So I am hoping that by the end of this episode, you will have learned the answers to those questions, all of your questions, and some key points that I believe will help you determine if adopting from foster care is right for you and what you can expect as you navigate the process because it is very rewarding but it is very difficult and there are some things that training when you get trained and you get your certification to become a licensed home that they're just not going to tell you and so I want to be very real with you today about some things that we learned along the way and some things that we probably could have done better at and things that we, looking back, should have paid a little closer attention to. But to start with the first big one, it's that I want you to stay open. I want you to stay open to the possibility that if this is your calling, and you feel that at any point in your life, you need to pay attention to it. This is not one of those things that you just put off. There are, I know in LA County alone, there are over 30,000 children under the age of 12 who need loving, secure homes. And that is a statistic that went ahead and kind of pushed me on forward. Um, I was a little girl when I realized that one day I would adopt from foster care. My parents had skating rinks and they had group homes that would come to skate and I would beg my mom to please, please, let's take them home. They don't have parents. And it really bothered me as a child. I really did not understand. But I did know that one day I would grow up and I would adopt from foster care. Had no idea what that looked like, how it would happen. Um, I also had a, ended up with a big career and a lot going on. And timing, I continued to just put that off, put that off. I don't have time until I started hearing more statistics about where I actually live. So that pushed my husband and I on over the edge to get started. Now, with that said, we still had a lot of fear going on. We had our biological son by then, and we did not want children in and out of his life we wanted more permanent situations. We wanted to be called for the kids who looked like they needed permanency and the case looked like it would be headed towards adoption. Nevertheless, though, this is the foster adopt world and nothing, nothing is ever final until the very end. So There's all sorts of ways to grow your family if you are not equipped to being open to letting go of an outcome 
you can put out there what you're looking for, what your fears are, what you want, but nothing is guaranteed. There are all sorts of things that can happen. Nevertheless, don't let it stop you. It is scary and nothing is guaranteed, but the outcome is not the point. The point is that you want to love and care for a child or children from a hard place and the journey is unwritten. So lesson number one in this podcast today is to stay open. I cannot stress this enough. Stay open. And staying open does not just mean about the criteria of the child or the children who you will accept into your home. It is also staying open to bio parents. Um, you know, we live in LA where gangs, drugs, domestic violence, trafficking, these are all terms thrown around all the time in foster care. And those are dangerous, scary words. But remember, the bio parents are human. And a lot of times they're just repeating what they've learned. So we'll get there in just a moment. But I was terrified of all of that. My husband was too, but not like me. I was so afraid to meet a bio parent in the beginning of this journey because I did not want them to know where I lived. I did not want you know, to be associated with anyone who, you know, may have an affiliation with a gang or, God forbid, trafficking. I mean, I just had zero interest. And I would tell our agency and the social workers from day one, I have no interest in meeting the bio parents. In fact, I was so close-minded on that, that if you would have told me back then some things that I would end up doing one of which was driving to Skid Row in L.A., which is a very scary, dangerous place. I'm not recommending you do this, but driving right down to Skid Row without an ounce of fear in me looking for a bio parent. Or if you would have told me that, that I would be defending a bio parent against one of the toughest judges in L.A. County, I probably would not have continued this journey. I would have started running up the Hollywood Hills so fast, my husband would not have even been able to catch me. I mean, I was that closed to meeting the bio parents. But things changed, and I got out of my ego very quickly and let my heart burst wide open. And it has changed me in ways that nothing ever has. And I will tell you exactly how this came to be. We got a call right after we were certified for our very first placement. And ironically, it was another set of twins. And our closed-minded thinking, there was no way it was going to stay intact. I mean, it started to unravel within days. Um, I cannot go into the details of the case for privacy reasons, but we learned immediately that the families of the children removed from unsafe environments needed just as much love and care as the kids. It wasn't just the kids. You are fostering a family. You are fostering a family, even if it is only temporary until adoption. You still have an opportunity to show 
the bio parents a different way of being. You know, they have got so much on their shoulders. They have got so much that they have to do to complete what's called a case plan. All of the parenting classes and all of the meetings and all of the the therapists, they have got so much of an uphill battle when their children are removed from their home. The last thing that you want to be is the foster parent who they either fear and are intimidated by or have hard feelings towards, okay? So extend kindness to them. Offer them a hug. Squeeze their hand. Give them a Google phone number so that they can contact you if they want to talk, and especially if they want to talk to their kids. Offer that. Some of them don't even know that they can actually call once or twice a week, whatever arrangement that they make, and, and actually just see how they're doing. So do something that will keep them from fearing you, and that tone will keep you open for the whole rest of the case. It will help you to stay out of a closed-minded, scared, fear-based mentality. Now, it is tricky because, you know, if your goal is to adopt, like it was for us, you have to learn openness along the way because you do not know if a situation or a placement is actually permanent right until the end. In some situations, like our current twins, several years. We, we have ridden this wave not knowing at times what this was going to turn out like. So just stay open. Show the bio parents that there is nothing to fear. You know, you may get a case that's truly unsafe and you'll know what to do. But that's when you maybe could send a handwritten note on one of the visits. Send it in a diaper bag. Send it with the kids' snacks or lunch. And just offer a word of encouragement. Tell them how the kids are doing. Maybe give them a picture um, that you've taken on, on your phone. Do something any act of kindness, it just goes a long, long way. And there are many, many caregivers who are certified to adopt from foster care who are very, very, very hard on biological parents. Don't be one of those. Stay open and show that there is nothing to fear about you. So the second lesson this brings me to a very hard one, is that you need to understand that in every single foster adopt case, there is always going to be loss. Now, that is usually in the form of the biological parents and the children, but we experienced a case where it involved us too. We learned the very, very hard way with our first set of twins. Now, This story needs to come with a disclaimer because we were not with L.A. County at the time that this happened. We were actually with a private agency in a totally different county, and this was our experience with them. I am sure there are plenty of families who have good experiences, but the energy between us and the agency was wrong from the beginning, and we probably should have switched to the county when we started feeling that way. 
before we even started talking about taking placements with them. So keep that in mind, knowing that this was definitely not LA County. It was not through um, our, our county DCFS. It was a private agency in another county. Also, for privacy and security issues, I cannot go into the details of this case, but I can tell you that there were a lot of moving parts and there were some nasty, nasty people involved on all sides of this case before we ever entered the picture. So we entered the picture not knowing that there was just a cast of very manipulative, catty characters playing each other before we were ever even introduced to that set of twins. And the drama, it was so toxic. It was a challenge really for us to trust their therapist. It was very, very hard because, you know, my husband and I are from the South. We are nice. We're polite and have, we think we have manners at least. And, you know, we always thought we were doing the right thing and just like it, it was just awful it was like everywhere we turned we were just in a mess um anyway nevertheless if you're new and you're trusting you just fully expect things to to turn out and if you are in a toxic case it is very difficult to remember that so in this particular case Family was being vetted all along, and we didn't know it. There was also simultaneously another foster adopt family being vetted for these boys, and we didn't know that either. Now, we knew that there were some issues that we were not equipped to deal with, but we were very willing to take additional courses and classes and get extra certification to deal with these issues but that was not offered to us we did not know to even ask for it so you can imagine that when they called us one day and said they're moving to their permanent home pack their things we were completely blindsided and heartbroken and they moved to their forever home without any warning to us. It was very, very difficult. You know, I still have a very hard time discussing when we had to hand them off, that whole scene. It was two adults having to pull those twins off of me because they were screaming and fighting so hard to stay. And it was in that moment that I believe my husband and I realized, you know, there is a forever family at home excited that they're coming. We've just been in this situation, this very almost violent handoff, very dramatic, very traumatic, I'm sure, for the boys. It was awful for us. And there's someone who is planning a gotcha day who's posting on social media that their family is about to be complete and who is expecting these traumatized, devastated, double the loss, because at this point they had been pulled out of their 
biological home and then out of our home. They're expecting them to show up and fill an empty space in these people's hearts. Yuck. And, you know, they had no idea what had just taken place or what was taking place while they were making preparations and thrilled with the news that they're finally, after all these years, getting to adopt. So, you know, it's it's tricky. I don't want to fault them for their excitement, but it certainly showed my husband and I how awful and devastating it is to be on the other side. It is devastating and it is a huge loss and it took us a really, really long time to even be open to another placement call. Now, I say this without judgment. If you are the kind who is wanting to complete your family, who a gotcha day is important to you, who is sharing news on social media about the impending arrival of your adopted child or children, please just go the private adoption route because the foster adoption route comes with a lot of trauma. It is no stork drop. And it, let me tell you, it ain't pretty. It is not at all in the beginning like what you would think it would be. So I'm, I'm going to leave the loss lesson there and take just a minute for that to sink in because that should be a deciding factor for you of if adopting from foster care is the right decision. Let's take a short break and hear from our sponsor. I am absolutely obsessed with baby mama vitamins and supplements. If you have never heard of them, then you have got to check them out. Baby mama was created by a mom who had a lot of uncomfortable and frustrating symptoms after pregnancy. And the vitamins are made to treat the nutritional deficiencies caused by these hormonal disruptions, such as pregnancy, menopause. It can be anything like surgery, sickness, even COVID, anything that disrupts your hormones. So I take their Hair Repair Max for faster hair growth. I also take their Praise B Vegan Superfood for energy. And on days that I have water retention or bloating, I take their amazing supplement called Ripped. Another thing that is so great about Baby Mama is that they've got an online quiz that will help you determine which products are right for your specific condition. So you can go on this quiz and enter all of your symptoms and it will send you a page that is personalized just for you. So right now, for the amazing Holly Doss listeners, you can get 15% off of your entire order by entering the gift code HOLLY15. So go to babymama.online and enter the gift code HOLLY15 at checkout to get 15% off your entire order. You will not be sorry. Thanks, baby mama. Don't be those people. Don't 
be those people who are celebrating on one of the worst days of these children's lives. It is putting so much pressure on them to fulfill a space when they're already bringing so much with them, so much trauma, so much baggage, so much loss. Don't be those people. And if you are, just adopt privately. And that brings me to my third big, big lesson is to be a light for these children. Do not be someone who expects them to immediately bond with you, immediately love you, immediately call you mommy and daddy. Try to carry the story I just told you in your heart when you do get a placement and just be a light. You know, your job is to provide stability, nurture, love, nutrition, and not be a burden. Your job is to be a light. It takes a long, long time for the goal of a case to become adoption, but for everyone in the household to energetically embrace that goal. You know, my husband and I were definitely, you know, not on the same page a few times during this process. Now, luckily, we had a really, really strong marriage and we communicate really well. So we've always been able to talk through where we each are and accept where the other one is. You know, if we're not feeling it or I am really struggling today, the other one says, I got this. Go, go take a walk, go meditate, go, go do something outside the house. I get it. So, you know, don't let it get to a place where it is destroying your marriage and destroying your family. Just go with where you are. Do not try to create an instant family where everything is just in stride and working and everyone loves each other and everyone gets along. It takes a long time. So you're going to have to get very good at being present and accepting exactly where you are. There's going to be some uncomfortable times. There's going to be some tears. There's going to be a lot of hard times. But accept where you are. And if you go with that flow, it makes things a whole lot easier for you to be a light to the children in your home. So I want to leave you today with more on the story behind the post that generated so many questions. The one that I told you about at the beginning of the episode. You see, I was so devastated after we lost the first set of twins and did not really feel enthusiastic about continuing answering this calling. It was very, very difficult for me. We had a couple of temporary isolated placements in between uh, the first set of twins and then the ones we're adopting now, but nothing was permanent and I do not believe that we were ready either. Now, when we became ready, it happened very naturally. We had already made the transition from the previous private agency to just being with LA County. Um, There's a big difference. There's not a big difference in the certification and licensing level, but there's a big difference in 
the process and who you deal with. And with the county, you definitely get more placement calls. So I can go into that if you want to know more. I can go into that in another episode. Nevertheless, it was just one factor that moved us forward to reopening our home for another placement. So the day we got the call for our current twins who were adopting was very interesting. I went into the first set of twins bedroom one day and I finally finished cleaning everything out. I boxed some things up, put it in the attic and said an affirmative prayer out loud to the boys. I said, we will find each other again one day. I know that we will, but right now I feel like I have got to let you go and continue this path and help other children. So I put the box in the attic. I left their bedroom door open and I walked right out my front door to a PFA meeting and about 30 minutes later I was sitting with my friends, sitting with my committee, and my phone rang and it was a placement worker on the other end of the line who I'd never spoken to before. The sweetest lady, I will never forget her voice, and she said, is this Holly? And of course I said yes, and she said, I was wondering if you still have two of everything. And I just got chills telling you guys this story. Um, And I probably looked like I was going to pass out because my friends at the table all kind of started stopping what they were doing and they all looked at me wondering if everything was okay. And she said, we are looking for an immediate home for a set of baby twins and this case is being fast-tracked to adoption. And before she could say another word, I said, yes, we'll take them. You guys, I had not even asked my husband. I, I did not even hesitate. I just knew that I had just made space in my heart less than an hour before, and this felt right. So I said yes, and she said, great, we'll be there in four hours. And the rest is kind of history with that phone call. But I hung up, and thank God I was with the friends who I was with because the parent faculty committee at our school is full of type A (laughs) um, to-do list type parents. And so this particular group of friends of mine, they immediately quit what they were doing and started making lists of everything that we were going to need for these babies. And within four hours, my house was packed with all of the food, diapers, clothes. Um, They had assembled cribs. It was amazing what these people put together. And thank God they did because I still had to come home and tell my husband. I still had to go pick my son up from school, bring him home, and we had to talk to him about what was happening. Um, We did not know anything yet about these twins other than that they were babies and that they were about to be ours. So a few hours later the twins arrived and like the other cases I cannot disclose any of their story due to privacy but it was nothing like you would think. Um, We were very mindful obviously of what they must have been through 
but even babies carry trauma. So, but we knew and could tell that in their short life, they had been through a lot. And what little they would tell us about the twins' biological mom did not really sound like I was going to get a chance to meet her. But as far as the case was going, we had never seen anything smoother. It was moving so fast and everything was falling into place. Everyone on the case were so nice. We loved the social workers. We loved the therapist. It was just a total switch and a total 180 from anything, any case we had ever been on. So naturally, you know, I wanted to meet the biological mom and I was given pretty much zero information. It was really bothering me. The case was just going so fast in a permanent direction. It just didn't look like I was going to meet the twins' biological mom. Now, part of me was okay with that because someone had mentioned early on in the case that there was a possible security threat, but I really couldn't get a straight answer on that. That turned out to be misinformation, but deep down in my heart, I wanted to meet her. I really wanted to hug her and make sure she was okay. From the little I did know, I knew that she had been through a lot, and I knew also that she loved the twins. So I started asking everyone on the case who I felt like might give me an update where I could possibly start trying to get in touch with her. And to my surprise, out of all the things they would not tell me, they just told me that she had been through absolute hell and that she was where she needed to be right now to heal, but that they would let her know. I was able to get an email address, and so I sent an email anyway, and it was a couple of months before I heard back. Nevertheless, though, I never quit hoping and praying for the opportunity. And speaking of praying, I, I had prayed one particular prayer for God to please create a situation where I would meet her, and I got a call the next morning that the judge had decided to give her one more chance to reunify with the twins. And what that meant in foster adopt terms was that we were looking at at least six to 18 more months of this case going on before we even had a chance to think about adoption. So, you know, years ago, that probably would have set us, we probably would have lost our mind with fear and anxiety. I, I am not sure how we would have done it. Um, because by this time, by the time we got that call, we had already completely fallen in love with these babies and felt that they belong in our family. Nevertheless, we were evolved enough as foster parents by then that we understood that there was a lot of meaning behind this and we welcomed it. And the very first opportunity I got to take the twins to visit their biological mom, I drove them. And I knew the minute I laid eyes on her, we hugged. I knew in that moment that we knew each other from long before this life. It was very, very obvious that we got each other. There was a deep, soulful look in her eyes that I will never be able to explain. There was a tenderness about her. There was a sensitivity about her, an understanding. 
this was an old soul who had come here to complete some things and I felt completely honored to be in her presence but to learn and grow from her and that is exactly what I did. So you know not every case where you're going to meet a bio is going to be like that. This was certainly the first and only one that that's ever happened to for me. We became each other's strongest advocates. You know, not everything was butterflies and unicorns. It definitely was not. We had a lot of very difficult conversations. We've had a lot of tears. There were times when the judge would rule really hard and the energy would be so awkward for a while. But I believe that what set us apart from other cases was that we both stayed open and we recognized that we each had a role to fulfill in these children's lives, the children that we shared and loved. So we go along like this for months and then we got another major case extension, COVID, all right? So by the time COVID came along, the case was headed back to adoption. It was no longer a possibility for them to reunify with her, but it really changed nothing because she and I would FaceTime each week and create a space for she and the babies to get to know each other, even if that meant virtually. And on the days where the babies were just tired and being uninterested babies, she and I just hung out and talked. And we talked a lot. We shared text, videos, pictures. We shared our own stuff with each other. We became friends. We became really close friends. And by the time we reached our final court date together, our judge, as well as the rest of the attorneys, the social workers, the court reporters, they sat there with their mouths wide open at our willingness to break down the walls between our roles. That is why I said in that post that the cards were supposed to be stacked against us on earth. And we didn't allow that. You know, the judge even stated that in all of her years of cases in L.A. County, she had never seen a case at this late stage where the bios and the fosters did not absolutely hate each other. And at the hearing, the twins' sweet, sensitive, beautiful biological mom and my friend, she stood up and gave a statement to the court that, to be honest with you, would have gone viral if we would have been allowed to share it. She blew everyone away with what this case and what our support had done for her life and how we had made it possible for her to heal while stepping in as the twins' parents. Now you guys, at that moment, we realized yet again that we had fostered a family and this was just the beginning. We had not just fostered the kids. We were not just adopting the twins. We were adopting her too. Now, I don't want to sound like we saved her. We did not save her. She saved her. I want to be very, very clear about that. But without the burden of picky, snarky, judgmental foster parents, she was able to focus on her. And at the end of the hearing, the judge gave us her blessing to adopt the twins and praised the bio mom profusely for how hard she had worked to change her life. 
Then she approved an open adoption if we were both comfortable with it, but said we weren't obligated to have contact, which we knew was not going to be the case. But the court adjourned, and we decided to just continue visits, our weekly visits on FaceTime, and start planning sometimes to meet up in person when it was safe. So statistically speaking, adoptees know pretty much early on this feeling of abandonment and you can lessen that abandonment by having a relationship with a biological parent while allowing these children to somehow, even if it's once every five years, even if you only see them every so often, but exchange pictures, let them know where they came from. It lowers that abandonment rate and that feeling of someone either gave me up or didn't love me enough to fight for me. It lowers that feeling by 97% if you have a safe, healthy, open adoptions. But you know, speaking from the heart, I posted that on social media, the picture of the twins with both their moms, you know, as a celebration of love and unity and openness and a bond that a system cannot break. So if you take nothing else from this podcast, take this. If an open adoption comes your way and it's safe and healthy, do it. It will be healing for everyone involved. It will be one of the most selfless acts of kindness you can extend to the children and their family of origin. And the kids are going to grow up knowing that there is enough love to grow around. They are not going to have to choose or feel guilty about who to love. They can love you both. Now, for us, we still talk weekly. Actually, she and I text or talk more than that but she sees or talks to the kids weekly and then we go on these park dates every two or three months it is a great relationship and truthfully you can probably tell this but it's become one of the most meaningful relationships of my lifetime so i'm going to end on that and i hope so much that you enjoyed this life update that i threw in here for you this week um you know feeling called to adopt can be very scary but if you will just take these three big lessons stay open accept loss as part of the journey and be a light to these children and not a burden then you will be fully aligned with your soul's purpose and one last thing don't force any placement that doesn't work out the right kids will find you ours did and yours will too Thank you so much for listening to The Holly Doss Show. Make sure you subscribe. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave a five-star review. And if you know someone who is interested in adopting from foster care, please copy the link and share on your social media. Remember that people need to be inspired to answer hard callings. And hopefully today's episode will do just that. Until next time, go after your dreams. Live a happy, healthy, full life. Love you guys.